Alrighty, hello and welcome to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico and joining me is... Scotty Hertz, just fresh from a fight with an air conditioner like a literal battle royal and the, uh, the AC1. Oh, is there AI on it now? Well, no. <laughs> we had a mechanical <laughs> one. We got to make the last of the mechanical, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Still didn't work out, but the bunkers, yeah, the bunkers below grade, so I just retreated. Scotty Hurt, 71 is too low. Too low. <laughs> Slunk away in defeat, yeah. But... Carbon footprint violated. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I mean, Send a message to the people. It's like, yeah, Hurt, Hurt sells out. Hurts uh, <laughs> Hurt sells out to big air conditioning. <laughs> although, still AC free till, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like, look, the first two days of this week were the hottest days on record. The, so, yeah, and the known, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's allowable. Anyway, Open Sources is CFRU's political and current affairs discussion show, and you can find us here every Thursday at 5 p.m. as we talk about the latest news items from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and around the world. And we sometimes interview local newsmakers and politicians, but this week, though, it's just the news including Blaine Higgs' troubles in New Brunswick. He tried to flex those right-wing muscles of his by going after the young people and their pronouns. So how did it go so wrong for Blaine Higgs? Then Paris is burning again to cause this time's accusations of police violence and systemic racism. But with the mayor's house firebombed, is it possible the protests have gone too far? And then finally, Pierre Polyver lost his glasses and his shirt and tie. Is it working for us? We will answer that question. Uh, but first, uh, you know, this first topic, it's sadly becoming a thing that we have to start with a trigger warning. But since this does, uh, the story is essentially about hate crimes and uh, violence against marginalized people. We'll throw out that trigger warning and just tell you that. Uh, I mean, if you've watched the news in the last week, you probably know what's coming, what the first topic of this week is. Uh, that extreme online debate about gender studies and uh, all the trans people that have, you know, politicians and, and wags all worked up. Well, it's very real world consequences in the last week with uh, this stabbing attack in the University of Waterloo. Uh, a suspect has been taken into custody, a 24-year-old graduate student who recently graduated. I'm going to say his name once, Giovanni Villalba Ailman. Uh, he walked into a classroom in Hager, Hagee Hall on the of Waterloo campus, asked what the class was when he was told that it was a philosophy class that was about the history of gender. Uh, he, well, what was the exact quote that somebody said? Uh, he had a disturbingly mischievous smile as he took two knives out of his backpack and then attacked the professor and two other students. He had tried to attack a fourth um, some of the students did fight back. He was quickly and swiftly taken into custody. Uh, supposed to have a bail hearing on Tuesday. That got pushed back to July 11th. I couldn't find out why. But in the meantime, you know, uh, things are going back to normal as much as they can on the U of Waterloo campus. But with one question, I think hanging over a lot of people's heads is uh, what was this guy reading and watching? on the internet yeah that's a lot to do with it for sure and just to just a point there i think there was a technical problem with his bail hearing it was supposed to be remote 
Oh, okay. And as we all know, these things fail regularly. So I think that's why it <laughs> yep. was postponed to the 11th. Okay. So that's just a technical point. But yeah, what what was he reading on the internet? What was he doing now? We It should be mentioned and has been because people's minds of a certain age directly go to, um, I wouldn't even call it milestones, but previous attacks like this. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Echo Polytechnique, which is what I thought of right away. I was a student when that happened. Mm-hmm. But also there was... An, it jogged my memory as well because there was a murder at in Waterloo. I think it was in my last semester of a grad student. Now that was it, it in some ways has nothing to do with this directly, but mm. people tend to, that don't know the history back far enough. will say, Oh, something like this has never happened. It has. And somebody did die. So, and it, it always points to, you know, beyond the uh, also instantly jump to the incel conclusion, which I don't think was inaccurate, although we don't know for sure yet, but it's, mm-hmm. it's looking that way that it's a Manassian style attack just because of the the way it was described. When you ask what the class is and you attack it, that's not random, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, of course, we have to say, but uh, realistically. So where was I going with that? Yeah, so the, the students, it sounded like the students reacted um in a good way, there was a, a feature length or a longer interview on global extended mm. length where the person they talked to was in the class said, I threw my chair at him, mm-hmm. which is what to do in these instances. Um, yeah. Thank I, people know I'm still a student. Thankfully it wasn't my class. Cause it'd be more than that, but that, <laughs> and that, but, and that's not a good reaction either, obviously. Right. But it's uh Earlier in the day, or if not the evening before, I had heard or saw it retweeted that Jordan Peterson, who may be one of the, the academic people that kicked off a lot of this many mm-hmm. years ago now, mm-hmm. the tweet went, and it was in regard to something else, but it said, die woke university, not a moment too soon, was the opening line. Mm-hmm. And it's I, I'm, I think it was to do with pronouns. So all of this ties together. You cannot undo tweets like that and content such as that and what happened. Now, mm-hmm. as to we don't we don't know yet mm-hmm. what prompted this from this person. But the odds are really good with the the, the amount of uh fuel that's being thrown on this particularly online, but in other places too. Because, I mean, you know, when Polytechnic happened, there was none of what we have now. So it's not as if the feelings are unprecedented. Mm. Um, yeah, it's uh, out of control. It's looking that way. Or sliding into this place where students can't be protected, and not just students, but, but people that are of the community. Uh, it's It sounds like it's a bit of open season. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of the the security piece of this is that a lot of people have been saying the last couple of days it's like, well, what can we do to increase security on campus? It's like put people outside of like culturally sensitive classrooms or you know, give everybody like scan cards and it's like, well, you can't guard a university campus in the same way that you would guard a condo or a government building. It's it's a campus and it's supposed to be open. Um, you know, kind of defeats the purpose to have an uh, a, a institution of higher learning and uh, have, you know, sort of armed guards everywhere. It's the, the Jordan Peterson of this is interesting because, I mean, what did Jordan Peterson get famous for? Uh, student 
coming to him and asking him to use their pronouns. And he flipped out. That's Jordan Peterson's origin story. A student came to him quietly. They weren't making a statement about it. It's like, hey, Dr. Peterson, just so you know, I identify with these pronouns. Could Just when we're talking in class, just can you identify me by those pronouns, please? And he flipped out. And he discovered he had a great big audience who liked what he was selling. Mm-hmm. Now, number one is uh, what happened at U- University of Waterloo last week. Definitely stochastic terrorism. This was, I mean, yeah, we can talk about lone wolves, but this is definitely a guy going into a classroom trying to make a point. We don't fully understand what that point is or what drove him to it. I mean, he was a student at the University of Waterloo, graduate student. So, you know, how did how did he get radicalized? But absolutely, this was terrorism. You don't go in somewhere and bring out a couple of knives unless you're trying to not, not trying to make a statement. The second thing is, um, is the security piece of it. How did the University of Waterloo, there was a lot of reporting about um, the, the the alert system. They apparently had just finished upgrades to the alert system and it didn't work. And you had people all over campus going like, wait, what's going on at Haggy Hall? Um, that's not great because if, you know, if you can't have guards posted everywhere, the next best thing is to make sure everyone knows when there's something going down. And so the security situation of it absolutely failed. And then that leads to the third thing, which is like, well, how are you supposed to proceed? Like the, the professor of this class, Katie Fulfer, um, I, I believe she got the sort of the brunt of the attack. So she's I, I believe she's out of the hospital, but it, her status isn't uh, at least I haven't heard what exactly her status is. Uh, at the very least, I can imagine her like collecting some mental health days because of this. Mm. Um, but, you know, if you're anybody on a university campus and not even just if you're teaching like gender studies or, or philosophy, how about if you're teaching epidemiology or virology, you know, uh, what, what if you're teaching, you know, black history or indigenous history, what are you feeling these days? You have this guy who was, you know, radicalized. Don't know how, uh, stochastic terrorism security system failed. And there's this large looming thing over their heads now. Could I be next? I don't know how anybody finds the courage to sort of walk into their class. I mean, I I know that they will, but still, you know, that's a big mental health hit to a lot of people. And students, too, are taking these courses and perhaps are thinking about specializing in these subject areas themselves. Like, am I going to go to school tomorrow and some person has been radicalized? you know one too many telegram videos um you know could could they end up hurting me i mean these are unfortunately questions i don't think we have really great answers for yet either no and that's the thing i mean university and college by its nature too is kind of an open concept mm-hmm. thing whereas mm-hmm. you you can at least in, initially like it's you can you can come and go i'm sure in not in all places in the world that's the case but the the canadian model for sure mm-hmm you can you can go into any class now somebody coming into a class that's already started like that that might seem lost but that that's obviously not uh the case here as well now something that to make a u of g comparison every Mm. classroom had a phone at one point that had a a hotline button right on it so all you needed to do was press that and but that that's gone with the uh with the mobile phone age it just doesn't exist anymore the apps are supposed to take care of it. And yeah, that was 
interesting that in the morning the app was being tested didn't work and then by the afternoon this that it's just, that, that sounds coincidental that's obviously not mm-hmm. you know this person didn't say hmm they're going to test the app today i wonder if i should i should do that although we don't know and actually to be fair we don't know if he read jordan peterson's tweet that i quoted off the top but i just want to clarify that yeah so we don't we don't get certain emails are you certain or messages <laughs> whatever just just want to clarify that we don't know for sure but damn it there's a link so and I was surprised he wasn't charged with attempted murder. All that that may come. Yeah. The charges were like assault with a weapon and possession of a weapon, dangerous, mm-hmm. whatever it is again. And and mischief under five thousand dollars, which was interesting. Yeah, that I that was odd. I'm not sure that sounds like a charge to tack on to like trying to get more on this person. So I don't I we don't know what else. Yeah. Uh I I'm not even gonna speculate on what that was about. But yeah, I did see that. But um which again was strange. But yeah, in t- in terms of you can bet in the, for the next while security will be tightened for this class because of the uh, president goal came out today, right? Said mm-hmm. this class is going to resume this week. It's gonna it's essential that it stays in place. But we're reviewing safety. Um, but there is it's not as if I couldn't understand that you, Waterloo is like Guelph and that there's there's campus security, campus police. Mm-hmm. But then there's, I think the app is also tied into nine one one, so there are times where these can conflict with each other because I know at Guelph you're supposed to call uh, campus security first for mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. but people because we who we, we are who we are we call nine one one immediately, right? Mm-hmm. It's just it's just instant, and they have a relationship and they would come and they don't come uh, sometimes, but yeah, so they really need to get that sorted out. But it's it's. As you said, it's going to be super difficult. Like nerves will be on edge, not just for the rest of the summer. And I didn't actually realize over there they had the amount of summer courses that they do, because mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of falling out of favor in places. But yeah. yeah, come come September, is everybody going to be? People will be on edge to a degree, depending on what class you're in. And I don't know if it's going to change. If the you know physical structures need to change, there's been talk of pass cards, which would people have. This person was a student or recently a student anyway, so a card probably wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. I mean, you'd just probably be able to scan in anyway. But mm-hmm. the, the international coverage was interesting, Adam, because as you know, this went everywhere. And I saw mm-hmm. Guardian, CNN. And but was it the post that you know made a point of saying that he was an international student? Mm-hmm. Like rather than just a student, and that seemed a bit like, well, yeah, but and you know, in these things, it's it's always awful when it's somebody from the inside, right? If it's mm-hmm. it seems a little bit more removed when it's somebody they can say, oh, uh, you know, somebody not related to the campus community, whatever they say, came and did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't make it any easier, believe me, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I like the the tone is interesting in places. And the tone from people like uh, I don't know Polyev, who had no tone. He didn't say anything until uh, prompted. Yeah, it wasn't until a reporter asked him directly that he made a comment. Whereas everybody else came out and said, "Hey, it was yeah. terrible. This happened." And so th- there's that. Th- th- yeah, that's not great. Um, the other thing with th- that, I think this sort of reinforces is you know for young people already feeling the heat. There's this egal um survey that was recently done um surveying 44,000 uh, students from grades 8 to 12 64% said they routinely hear homophobic comments when they're at school um and, and you know the thing that sort of flabbergasts me is 
and I'm sure this was true for you, given how you know sort of relatively close we are in age and what the world was like 20, 30 years ago, just you know, going to university um, where there where there are those safe spaces for uh, people who identify as queer. Uh, you know, university is the first place you tend to encounter people who identify as gay or lesbian or transgender or questioning or, or whichever. Um, I think that's also another reason why, at least for me, that was certainly a thing that hit home for me was that, you know, going to U of G coming from small town, suburban GTA mm-hmm. and, you know, encountering, you know, the old Gurkid club. I think it has a different name now. Um, it was called the Women's Resource Center. When that's I, right. That's right. It was a re- Yeah, it was still the Women's Resource Center when I was an undergrad. Um, Kirk is its more recent name. Um, you know, and things like you know the the Gay Lesbian Trans Alliance, and you know all these groups um, that you know are encouraging people to be opening and honest about their sexuality or their gender or their orientation or whatever. Um, those were the barriers that university broke down was you know encountering letting people be themselves encountering different people with different backgrounds and experiences and you know there, there's something kind of drastically wrong that you can live amongst people and still like walk into a classroom with a pair of knives and try and kill them that i mean there's something kind of uniquely disturbing about that too absolutely because i think and it is changing a bit but a mm-hmm. lot of people's first exposure to let's call it the greater community isn't until university. And I'm not, I mean, I'm obviously not saying, and I'm dating myself too, that mm-hmm. in terms of the openness of it, you get to university and that's, this is why you go, mm-hmm. right? It's that's to be right. in a class like gender studies. It's to be, it's to o- open your mind a bit wider than it was from wherever you came from. And we can right. see at the high school levels and public school levels and those levels when you're still, when there's still parental oversight for the most part, Mm-hmm. The problems that they're having getting this message into schools, mm-hmm. right? Problems you have with just flying a pride flag in places. Mm-hmm. Something as basic as that is a big production. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's where it should start, and it has taken this. It has taken this long for it to let's say trickle down to the to the um, K to twelve level, right? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 uh, seems to be painful in a lot of places. Not everywhere. But as we've seen, so yeah, it's obviously imperfect. But is that going to change too? Obviously, with with you know the amount of pressures, they'll be like, well, maybe we maybe we shouldn't talk about this because somebody might get stabbed, which is the absolute like not thing to do, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, lots more work needed everywhere, and I mean not just at university college level, but but at at all levels of education. Well, that sounds like a great segue to our next topic, which is uh, New Brunswick, where Policy 713 has been making a lot of news lately. Um, you know, having these two topics side by side is pointed on our part. Um, th- this policy, um, it- it essentially, there makes a couple of ch- key changes in the Department of Education in New Brunswick, one of which, and that's perhaps the most controversial, is that you need parental consent to use a student's um, preferred pronouns or name in the classroom setting when before uh, that policy was that uh, you could only disclose uh, information about uh, a student's pronouns to their parents if 
uh, that student gave their consent. So it's literally 180 reversal. Uh, New Brunswick Premier Blaine Higgs has been getting hammered pretty thoroughly for it. Uh, six of his cabinet ministers set out question period back in May when this was kind of rolled out. Two of them have resigned permanently. Um, there has been some, shall we say, inelegant walking back of some of this, but um, boy, is this kind of two months into it, um, even while all the kids were on summer vacation, still hanging over Blaine Higgs and uh, his Department of Education like a, like a dark cloud on a sunny day, let's just say. Yeah, so I mean, if I understand right, they did put forward that bill, uh, Bill Seven Thirteen, and it was, but also to do with who can play in what sport. Mm-hmm. So this again, it touches on all we just previously talked about, but it's it sounds like New Brunswick's gone a bit Florida in places, <laughs> uh, really, because this is the, the you know the the topic is the same down there, right? And what it. Higgs, part of the problem with Higgs is that he he put his foot right into it. He said he called gender dysphoria trendy mm-hmm. at a press conference, and everybody's like, "Oh man!" Like, so I think on on, let's say both of the sides, he's getting it from both of the sides. Mm-hmm. It was like they wanted to make these changes, and due to a very vocal minority and some within the party, most of them backbenchers, from what I understand, uh, they they backpedaled on it and and did these amendments. Which in turn is upset like other people within the party as well. And what was the there was that the the high profile resignation three three weeks ago? Was mm-hmm. it the social development minister? I can't remember that's right. her name. Uh Dorothy Shepherd, I think. That's Dorothy yeah. Shepherd, yeah. But and I, I'm not even sure I, this was part of it, I assume, but she was saying that, you know, Higgs isn't open to other people's views. That we see this in I think she said not just this issue, but there are other issues as well. I think they're trying to downplay the 713 as being the what is what is prompting all this, and rather there's this sort of overarching problem with this person within the party. And he mm-hmm. supposedly lets his personal feelings dominate things. So, I mean, maybe if on a whim, he's like, oh, yeah, I know we should change that, and he just does it. So that's where the pressures on him are coming from. Uh, and and include, so this might as well talk about some of the other things too supposedly mm. they haven't had a policy convention since 2016 that's a pretty mm. long run now yeah. you can use COVID as an excuse for so long right but uh well it was an are... excuse till march 2020 <laughs> right <laughs> so that's three of the six years maybe well they could just go COVID, COVID, COVID. but it's probably about time to sort that out there's problems again with education with french immersion mm-hmm. another program that was being tinkered with and people people weren't happy. I'm not even sure which people. Also, closure of some smaller emergency rooms, mm-hmm. which is, and we see a bit of that in Ontario too. I just Mount heard Forest, yeah, yeah, Mount Forest. There you go. Yeah. So it's it's like they're closing this presumably to save money, and then the community is upset, and of course they will go back to their uh, MPP or whatever they're called in New Brunswick. I'm not even sure that I think they're right. MLA. Yeah, yeah they're MLA. I'm still I still default MPP. So there's all of this stuff brewing on top of the uh, um, trans rights bill. So the question is, can he survive all of this? So it sounds like there's going to be a leadership review. Mm-hmm. They have to have to, it's like anything, they have to get a certain amount of signatures and support for that. And it sounds like it's getting there. Hasn't mm-hmm. quite crossed the threshold yet, but uh, I've got a feeling that he might be done. And I, you know, he played, 
I don't know, it was like an outro he played, Should I Stay or Should I Go? I think he was trolling his people from yeah. The Clash, which is like, it, it's funny, but to me, it's sacrilegious, actually. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's trolling his own people. It's like, yo, should I stay or should I go? Just, just put, I'm just putting that out there. So th- this type of shenanigans um, probably won't last unless he's just trying to, to go out on a, on a funny note. Yeah. The DeSantis comparisons are so, are so weird. And we'll probably get into this a bit when we're talking about uh, the new Polyvera, same as the old Polyvera, but um, the, the whole thing with like the trolling and the going for the extreme right wing stuff, it's, um, I, I think one of the things this has done is kind of like giving him a black guy, not just in New Brunswick, but like nationwide, like nationwide, his profile has gone up and not for the better. And there was like a piece on the conversation that was like, oh, you think uh, Blaine Higgs is a right wing loony because of 713? It's like, no, it's like he was uh, he ran for the leadership of a party called the Confederation of Regions, which is like an Anglophone rights party. Oh, so if, you, if yeah. you're trying to understand why Francophones are ticked off at him, <laughs> it's because he's like. He's he's not he's not just like anglophone like I I was born an English speaker and that's what I do. He's like just like aggressively anti-francophone and he's like stubbornly refused to try and pick up the language. Um, you know, New Brunswick, you know, a lot of people in the northern part of that province province who speak French. Yeah. Um so you get that. You have, you know, he's doing the austerity thing. He's cutting stuff while also running surpluses and not reinvesting the money. It's going to tax cuts instead. Um, he's he's there was a thing in 2021 where he's like no more territorial acknowledgments. Um, which is you know if if you remember where we were in 2021, I was like right when we started the whole unmarked graves rediscovery process. But he was at, in that moment he was like no more territorial acknowledgments. Um, it, it just smells like like the Santa's funny business um, where it's like, I'm just good. I'm just going to like do stuff to honk you off and own the libs and all that. Here's the problem with Blaine Higgs. He was able to get a majority because they had an election. And I think it was like 20 or like it was sometime mid 2021. So it's like when the pandemic was still roaring, but maybe not as severely. So he calls an election because it was a minority government. He calls the election because he had managed the pandemic pretty okay. Um, Although he, you know, got rid of you know a lot of covid restrictions way before anyone else did um he was able i think this is what happened in a lot of places in canada it's like he weathered the pandemic okay so they a lot of people forgot about the other stuff because that's what everybody was all concerned about they have an election next year Hmm. can he you know put it back together in time that he can convince people he's okay well not if he's out there talking about parental rights which is a buzzword in a lot of far right communities, meaning we want to, you know, jackboot, you know, LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus people and trans people and, um, you know, playing, you know, memes and, and doing these other things. It's maybe he's maybe he's accepted that he's not long for the premiership. And yes, yeah. but I mean, I think that's kind of what and it could be a surprise could be a surprise to a lot of people in his caucus too that he's just been so thoroughly wrapping himself up in these controversies and pretending that he's wrapped in you know kevlar um, well, and, and, 
it should be noted too that he's his entire career was with Irving Oil, who own yeah. like that's the only job he ever had, who yeah. pretty much own New Brunswick in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And there's you know the impression is that the Irvings call the shots due yeah. to having people like Higgs, and I'm sure that I don't know the deep details on the New Brunswick government, but I'm gonna guarantee just because of its nature that mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them probably worked for the Irvings either you know. In secondary role or, or have directly or know somebody so, who does or know somebody who does so that's because that's it's very true down there but you know that's that's his life experience so mm-hmm. I, I it's in some ways we, well, we're going to talk about polyev he, he <laughs> keeps coming up but in terms of you know, career <laughs> career politician career royal man then becomes becomes premier it's like it, it shouldn't be a surprise that the skill set might not be perfectly honed right so yeah and of yeah. course, you can always just go back to the boards of directors and all that, because that's where people like this end up. Always, always. Well, Count well, on it. <laughs> certainly leaving uh, the premier's office under a, a, a blanket of scandal hasn't hurt uh, Jason Kenney's resume. Um, <laughs> well, but, well, snap you up, especially yeah. conservatives. But I mean, in, in the meantime, you know, you're we're talking about kids being hurt. We're talking about teachers um, being asked to defend policy that they have no say in. Like there was a, a meeting that the Department of Education held to like to give teachers information about what the changes to seven thirteen meant. And then when you know the the teachers union started to raise concerns, you know Bill Hogan, who's the the Minister of Education, goes, "Oh, like we didn't call that meeting. That was the teachers union that called that meeting." And teachers are like, "We didn't call this meeting. It was like it was department training." Mm. And so it's just. Anytime they try to take a corrective measure, somebody steps on it again. And, you know, between Higgs and Hogan and, uh, you know, the, the the fact that this is such a hot topic now, it's it's almost becoming synonymous. You, you know, the, the, these measures, these like 713 measures and, um, you know, ask, even like asking questions. And, and, you know, the other thing, too, is that the teachers were pointing out that um, it had been a year and a half since this policy had been looked at. So it seems like really weird. It seems to come directly from the premier's office. So I mean, that almost makes it worse. It's like this is a fight he picked, and uh, you know he kind of pulled the pin out of the grenade and never threw it. It just kind of blew up in his hand, and you know here we are. But the, the, the thing is to get back to the first topic too is that like people in the real world are getting hurt. Maybe not physically, but certainly like emotionally and stress wise and. You know, as people tr- people are trying to figure their own stuff out, they have to worry about how that's going to be seen by the Blaine Higgses of the world and the Bill Hogans and you know, internet trolls. I mean, p- p- not to come back to Polivar Paul again, but he he did. You know, Justin Trudeau made some comment about what's going on in Brunswick, and Polivar was like, "You stay out of it." So it's like, well, who gets to decide who stays out of what? And you know, that's it, it's a whole other kettle of fish that's been opened and uh, it just seems to be like the kids in the high schools and trying to figure their stuff out they're the ones who are going to be hurt in the meantime absolutely all right we'll take a quick break here and come right back with more news in a second you are listening to open sources guelph here on cfru 93.3 fm cfru.ca guelph campus and community radio Sai, sotto le barriere tra i miei guai 
And that song is not on our CFRU chart. However, it's by somebody named Nima Essa, who is uh, an Italian Moroccan. And this leads uh, right into our next topic, actually, because the song is called, as you heard, Banlieue. <laughs> yeah, uh, more bad news. Uh, if you've been following along in Paris the last uh, week or so, there's been sort of nightly riots as people have been responding to the death of uh, this 17-year-old teenager, Niall Merzouk, who was um, driving, uh, sounds like they were driving pretty recklessly um, in a bus lane and refused to stop for police, which, not to say it's their fault for being shot, but still, uh, when they police got them to stop at a stop slight they took off one of the police officers pulled their weapon and shot and killed Niall uh, which kicked off several nights of riding as I said in the last week seems to have come down a little bit since Saturday night which I guess was the worst of it that was Saturday was the funeral for Niall as well so uh, anyway like not too dissimilar from a lot of police involved shootings here in North America. A lot of questions about police interactions with people of color. Niall was from North Africa. So black. So there's a lot of questions about systemic racism in the Paris police service. And I'm not sure if they're, they call themselves a police service or a police department. I guess it doesn't matter, but um, yeah. So there, there's a lot of uh, questions about a lot of the same questions we're facing here in North America. The difference is, uh, a lot of these, um, <laughs> a lot of these, I don't mean to laugh, but, you know, a lot of this in, in many real ways, um, places like Canada, the United States, sort of, sort of, you know, although we try to reach it, um, we don't always reach it. We, we do like to think of ourselves as a melting pot, everybody from everywhere, all at once, as it were. But uh, in France, uh, some traditions die hard, like racism. Mm-hmm. And for George Floyd, but yeah, so that's we we've seen this before, and I I felt we talked about this. I think at some point we talked about this on one of the shows you've been on over the years, Adam. But I was thinking back to uh, two thousand and five, mm-hmm. which was it, uh, uh, something similar happened where the police had chased some boys into an electrical substation, and two of them uh, were electrocuted. Yeah, and this yeah. set France on fire then twenty years ago, give or take. Mm-hmm. But in the wake of that, the, the uh, racism co- was coming from the government and the narrative from the media directly the, in the wake of 9-11 was it's the Muslims. It's the Muslims. Blame the Muslims. Right. Where And, and not even just brown people or black people from generally North Africa, you know, France's colonial history. Right. This is mm-hmm. why we see this. Um, Sarkozy was the one famous was the prime minister then I guess mm-hmm. famously called them scum mm-hmm. in a streeter it's like these people are scum the tone is obviously a little different from Macron and company and that, that tone actually changed where they were putting a bit of heat on the police as well 
Now, whether that was to calm people down, I mean, it's it's merited, absolutely for sure, right? So, uh, that, that, but I don't think that's what made this calm down because the those the the riots uh, twenty years ago went on for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. As in this instance, as you mentioned, I think you mentioned off the top about the mayor, yeah, of a place called A des A des Roses, which is a suburb, uh, uh, effectively Benilieu in in uh, Benilieu. Yeah. Of it's Paris. Pretty, yeah, it's a pretty affluent suburb of Paris. They yeah. sent a car into the front of the house. It's just was just the mayor's wife and kids home at the time. It's like one or two in the morning. And then they tried to molotov the car and set it on fire. Yeah. yeah. I think that may have been the turning point. It's like this is getting absolutely out of hand. People have nothing to do with women and children. Nothing to do with what had happened. Although the mayor could be a woman as well. But you know what I'm saying? This is a mm-hmm. mom home with the kids. And they're effectively attacking her, trying to make a point about the mayors. There was a mass meeting of mayors. I think it was all the mayors that uh, Macron could get together. Mm-hmm. All of different politics as well. I know it's that obviously isn't going to solve anything, but the fact that everything because they have far right mayors in France, sure, far right to the socialists getting together to to kind of hack out a plan of some kind I, I i there's probably not much hope of that but the fact that it happened is a step so and i don't think that alone is what would make the you know would quell the rioting let's say it's just that that wouldn't do it because there's systemic problems here as we, as we know systemic with the police systemic in that there is this underclass that exists outside of the donut that is paris and other cities too marseille mm-hmm. is another one in the south but not only that uh, I think two or week, three weeks prior to this, there was a similar shooting in the West somewhere, West of France, mm-hmm. but not caught on tape, mm-hmm. not captured. Mm-hmm. The police do this the world over. Will say it was self defense. Mm-hmm. No proof. If, I would, I would almost guarantee if uh, this shooting of Niall Mazouk wasn't on, wasn't on tape, it would be like it was self defense. We thought he had a weapon. It could be anything from a pen to a gun. They thought, right? They just, just have to have, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of inkling that something's going to happen. So, so this is slowing down now, but I, I, you know, it's not gone as we've seen. It just, it's, it's, it's a blip. It happens. It'll happen again. Supposedly a billion dollars damage so far. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's, it's worth pointing this. This didn't come out of nowhere. This just no. wasn't one incident. Like there's been this was the third police involved shooting in France um, this year. And I mean, it's usually about two, one or two a year. Um, but it, it seems to be this seems to be a growing trend in France. These police involved shootings. And that seems to be what sort of sets this off. And. I mean, you're right. It, it's a lot of it is sort of like the same old excuses, and th- th- I, I think there's a very particular case here of, for lack of a better term, overkill. It's, you know, the kid was driving maybe a bit recklessly, not a reason to shoot them dead, um, but there was a drastic overreaction. They tried to stop him. Now, you know, the the police service here in Guelph um will will note um that they will not typically engage in high speed pursuits because you know it's it is is it worth catching the the driver in a high speed pursuit if it means putting people's lives at stake 
especially if you're on a road like a busy road like the Hanlon where people are driving at high speeds or a busy road like say uh Norfolk or Woolwich where you know there are shops nearby and people walking around typical I I think the typical police training is you don't do the bullet thing and bullet the movie I mean where you, you drive mm. through the streets recklessly until uh you knock somebody off the road and they crash into a gas station and it blows up so um there there's definitely a, some training went wrong somewhere and I think the question now is, I think, I think Macron, having learned the lessons of of uh, what happened twenty years ago, was trying to find a reason not to declare a state. I mean, it would have been very, very easy for him. I mean, there are forty thousand uh, soldiers out in the street, so it's not like it's not like it was a passive thing. And just you know, the sight of soldiers with you know in riot gear is, is a message. But I think he was trying to find a way not to declare a state of emergency and really clamp down. I think he had hoped this burned itself out of nearly burned out poor Mayor Vincent uh, Jean Brun's family, almost literally. And the other thing that I found kind of, um, and I, I don't know what the exact circumstances, is, but Nell's grandmother was, you know, sort of came out after that incident and said, like, can everybody, like, just please calm down and, you know, maybe not go after the mayor's family. Mm -hmm. um, it, it had it had that ring of um, Rodney King. Rodney King, can't we all just yeah. get along? Mm -hmm. it, it just, So, I, I mean, I'm not saying somebody, like, put her up to it, but, I mean, it just, it, there's just that, like, weariness that, you know, it, at the heart of this, there is, you know, somebody who's, there is a family suffering. And, and the grandmother did say, like, the mother is, like, so devastated. Like, the mother can't even sort of engage in anything. Niall's mother. So, it's, yeah, I, I think, I think there's a lot of feelings in this that are just sort of hard to wrap your head around. It, the story is oddly familiar, but mm -hmm. I, I one of the things I will say about this, the the tones are very different. And as, as you said, you know, with far right people, I mean, Marine Le Pen, uh, who's essentially a Nazi, um, <laughs> is almost won the, the French presidency a couple of times. So it's like that's I mean, it's top of mind there, you know, that, um, you know, th th this this far right presence is is always not too far. And all it takes is like a, 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 a tinderbox like this to sort of set something off. And then and then we're really into some troubling times so i think i think there's a lot of undercurrents here it, it i mean the topic is worth visiting just to sort of understand what's happening but i mean it, it's the undercurrents that i i think uh say a lot about what's going on in france more than just sort of like the singular incident which is horrible of course but mm -hmm. you know there, there's a lot there's a lot to it systemic stuff but yeah because i saw the hashtag trending france has fallen which is right rubbish. like it's just that's just yeah. The usual stuff online, but I did see that there was a fundraiser for the for the cop. Yeah, that put put on by a, a right wing personality, media personality, who is also an immigrant, by the way. Le, one of Le Pen's advisors too. Oh, was he? Okay, I didn't I didn't know that. I knew I knew he was a media guy. Yeah, originally Egyptian. Raised one point five million euros. Yeah, for the policeman. Yeah, whereas Niall's family got it's less than that. It's way less. It's way let's, less. Let's just say it's less than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 just like it's adding fuel mm -hmm. and uh, really entrenched at high levels too. I mean, we have a bit of it here, but that I mean mm -hmm. that's one of the key differences. Like the the cop was arrested and charged with manslaughter like right yeah. away, yeah. whereas here you'd you'd be on you'd be on leave with pay for like seven years, and then mm -hmm. you know you should probably go. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there, there are some differences there, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, apologizing like right away to the to the mother there, but yet somehow he's going to be mm-hmm. have lots of euros somehow. Yeah. Well, speaking of big differences, you might have noticed uh, Pierre Polivare, to wrap things up on a lighter note, uh, he ditched the glasses and the shirt and tie. Now you have a more laid back Pierre Polivare, and he's waiting to get your vote. Um, although he's still kind of the same because he spent most of the weekend attacking uh, Omar Al-Gahabra uh, for wearing sticker uh, sneakers in the house and uh, enjoying, uh, I guess, that feeling of not wearing dress shoes, which I, I, I get, but uh, apparently that's the biggest thing on Pierre Polivare's schedule right now is uh, to make sure Omar pays the price for talking about his sneakers in the same CBC article as his deputy uh, leader, Melissa Lastman. So um, old Pierre, not or new Pierre, not too far from old Pierre, I guess. <laughs> it's come to this. I mean, I've, I've, don't judge people on what they wear, how they look, but lots of people do, right? So this, That's, yeah. the comments about the glasses coming off were pretty brutal. Yeah, <laughs> really. I mean, it's, I, I don't like that tone at all. I mean, I'd rather go after him for other reasons, as we all well know, right? But yeah, the glasses come off. He's trying new things. They all they all do this, especially in the wake, of, you know, if an election's coming. You know, Trudeau gets some snazzier socks or interesting whatever to get him. I don't know, e talk or something. But or yeah, beer. so yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's minor stuff. But yeah, we put so much weight on these things, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, say, turning to the by election results, which were just kind of meh, uh, as by elections can be, but yeah, there should be a bit more real weight put on that. I mean, the only significant thing I think that came out of it was that Bernier was whomped again. But in terms of the Polyev makeover, and I, I can't remember this comment. I think it's fairly common too about is this more of the male pale and stale? <laughs> I can't remember where I read that, but is it just like you're going to focus on this rather than his like over the top, almost aggressive stance on everything, whether it's Algabra shoes or yeah, uh, just the he always defaults to this. It's Trudeau's fault. This is Trudeau's fault. We've talked about this a billion times, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, this is Trudeau's Canada. It's always a, it's trying to make this point over and over again. Like Trudeau is wrecking everything. It's okay. We get it. Yeah. You're saying that Trudeau wrecks something. Yet somehow this week, the conservatives seem to be on top of the polls in terms of popular vote. Hmm. So there's that seesaw back and forth. Although I think if three three eight had them statistically like neck and neck. So we're we're getting we're getting to that US style red and blue yeah. playoff, let's say. And we although we have far more uh, the the let's call them minor parties because they're have a bit more sway. So I mean that that's the stuff that counts, I think, rather than you know the glasses off, or you know, is he wearing a snazzy <laughs> sweater? Although, like I'm saying, they we uh, when I say we, I mean uh, we the people. Yeah, but way much, way too much on that. I think. I think like, he's never going to is... be as good looking as Trudeau is. Right, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Well, I think I think all of that is fair, and of course we should focus on the policies. I, I what what fascinates me is like who is this directed to? And I was reading a couple of things, and and one of them was. The, the National News Watch website where uh, I can't remember the author's name, but he was talking about it's like, you know, he, he, Pierre Polivare, his look was sort of the counterweight to Trudeau. 
it was like he he was the buttoned up conservative guy. He had the glasses. He gets up at question period. He does up his jacket and just his glasses. He has this kind of studious air about him. This kind of like I'm bringing this all this experience versus like you know Mr. Fire Engine socks across the way who you know <laughs> it's you know who gets up and goes uh, well uh, here in Canada we believe in uh, just you know being friends with each other and you know we're gonna do our best. That's what Canadians expect from the Liberals and. You know, so there, there's he's softening his image in a way that sort of like embodies everything he hates about Trudeau. It's like it's laid back, it's soft spoken, it's not why people in the Conservative Party wanted him to be leader, which is to be, I hate to phrase it this way, be a dick. People want him to be a jerk. <laughs> and, you know, it's hard to be the jerk when you're wearing like a sports coat. And, you know, you trade in your glasses for some contacts or for some LASIK or whatever. Um, but also, it's it's a bit hard for him to be like, you know, that kind of laid back guy and also be the guy who's, you know, going on all weekend about Omar and his shoes. And I mean, one of the things that struck me, too, was um, this week's the 10th anniversary of LACMA Gantique. Mm. He's complaining about the transportation minister, um, not, you know managing a system where some people are you know missing their flights or some missed like airport connections on the 10th anniversary of this massive train disaster that happened when he was in a government that was in power also in the similar similar portfolio under transportation yep. it, you know it some of it just seems so tin aired and i mean this is what i'm thinking about as we're going into, you know, summer barbecue season and all that, it's just like, how does he, what happens on the campaign trail? And the question comes up, it's like, dude, you're in the federal government for like 10 years in various cabinet positions, which he was, you know, if things are this bad, um, what did you do when you were in government? I think that's, that's a question mm -hmm. he doesn't really have an answer for yet. And I think that's one of the things that an election becomes about. I mean, it's one of the things that, you know, Harper had to overcome was like when he said things in opposition for years, and then he had to answer for them on the campaign trails, the the leader of a of a major federal party. What happens then? Those are the things that, you know, how you answer those is how you get undecided voters. And I think that's going to be the bigger test for Paul Vera, not just whether or not he, you know, <laughs> he's the living embodiment of that Steve Buscemi meme, like, what's going on, fellow kids? But it's... <laughs> That's a pretty good comparison because he's doing that. I think he's trying to do that when he plays the average Joe card. Yeah. When he sucks up to the working class or tries to. Yeah. And it does, he has more humble beginnings than Trudeau. Sure. For sure. But then he went the other way, right? Well, Prince, Prince William almost has more humble beginnings than just Trudeau. Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, no, yeah. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> But to, I mean, in in my book, okay, let's let's call it. Uh, I'll be average working Joe for a second. Career okay. politician of any stripe equals an elite. He goes yeah. on and on about the elites. In my book, you are an elite if that is your only job in the universe ever. If you go straight out of you know the young conservative club from high school, which he still seems to be in, <laughs> even though he has supposedly all of this experience, right, mm -hmm. as cabinet member or whatever. It's the school of soft knocks. And some people will buy it, right? Some people, it was like, he sees me. He sees me. 
when he's feeling up that piece of wood or whatever the hell he was doing, which he will never live down. He didn't carve that. <laughs> he didn't do like, he didn't do a guy would come and do that for him because he is incapable of doing that. And I, I, I we talked about this before. It always bugs me when, you know, Doug Ford moving the pipe in the, in the brogues or, uh, you know, you name it, they try and be the factory person. They, you know, take the Timbits to the convoy because they'll like that. They love Timbits. Right. Uh, it's like, are people going to buy it? If enough people buy it, then he'll do he'll do well, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the fake populism is just like, that's what I my biggest beef with the guy is, because I mean I'm sure he probably knows far more about how Parliament works than I do. Although supposedly Elizabeth May is still the top dog in that department, but anyway, uh, it's like if 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 enough people buy it, buy the whole picture. And this is also part of the problem, too, is we put far too much weight on, well, not only what they look like, but the leaders. Mm. What, mm-hmm. what is the rest of you got? Because the other stuff you talked about, Lachma Gantique and the airplanes not working, that's the market working as it should. That's free markets. Mm-hmm. Lachma Gantique blowing up. That train blowing up is is single driver train. Mm-hmm. I'm going getting way off topic now, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this yeah. guy loves the market working as it should Milton Freeman style and all that libertarian crap. That's, that's his wheelhouse. So that's what you get. You will, well, get he's, you'll get more of that. What's he going to change? What will he change? He won't change any of that. Zero. Well, I mean, he says, but I mean, you know, he he's going to fight tooth and nail things like EVs and green energy, which like the market is bearing out that those actually are actually smart investments as opposed to like investing in say a pipeline. So, I mean, there's there's Milton Freeman, and then there's just you know supply side Milton Freeman. I guess maybe the best way to put that. <laughs> yeah, but the battery plant still needs billions of dollars, right? Well, that's true too. Billions of conservative dollars in the, in the Ontario's case, right? So mm-hmm. do you not do that. That's mm-hmm. that's not free markets. It's corporate no. welfare. So no, the free market's been gone for a while. Anyway. Um, <laughs> That's a sorry for a downer note, but that's a bother. It has been a week to be hot and bothered. Uh, you can stay connected to us at our website at opensourcesguelph.com or on Facebook at Open Sources Newswire and we're on Twitter at OS underscore Guelph. You can listen to our show again by downloading it from our website every Monday at the Guelph Politicast channel on Podbean or through our favorite podcast app. Like Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, or check out my news and politics site at GuelphPolitico.ca. And I'm Scotty Hertz on Facebook, Twitter, Mastodon, and maybe Threads. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I could be on there. We'll see. And if, free you're market. Our, if you're joining us at our regular time on a Thursday, please stay tuned for Turtle Island Underground. And that is one of the many great programs that you will hear on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We shall return, of course, next Thursday at 5 p.m. for another edition of Open Sources. And we will see you then.